Jesus himself stood among the disciples and he said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see for A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance And forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. During my freshman year of college, I had trouble figuring out where I belonged. I went to Penn State, which is a huge school. 40,000 students just on the main campus alone. And so it was, it was easy to get a little bit lost. When I walked into a class on the first day of my second semester, I ended up sitting next to this guy named Kevin. And we got paired up to do some sort of goofy icebreaker game like you often do on the first day of class. I remember thinking that Kevin was weird and that I was probably gonna sit somewhere else from now on. So then it's the second day of the semester and I walk into my first class. It's a different class in a different building. And before the door even closed behind me, someone yells my name and comes running over. You know who it was, right? It was Kevin. And I realized this meant that Kevin was gonna be in my first class every single day of the week. We sat next to each other every day. And almost immediately, he started to invite me to come and check out this place called Wesley. I had no idea what he was talking about, but but eventually I said yes. And to be honest, I said yes, because I was kind of hoping it would make him stop. Wesley turned out to be the college group at the local United Methodist Church. And that was where I met Jesus for the first time. Being part of that community of faith transformed my life. I experienced so much grace and love and hospitality and acceptance. My faith blossomed and grew, and with it came this sense of of belonging and meaning that felt like new life. 
And I'm not suggesting that that God casually messes around with class registrations and scheduling. But I am sure that Kevin was put into my life for a reason. It felt like God had reached out to me, to Josh Ferris personally. And that changed everything. One time I was reading the Bible. I had never read the Bible before. I remember I was sitting at a, at a counter against a wall. I was reading from the book of Galatians where, where Paul says that we're made right with God, that we're forgiven and offered eternal life, not because of anything we do, but by grace through faith in Jesus. That God's love for us is unconditional, not based on anything we do or don't do, anything we say or fail to say. In fact, God's love for us isn't about us at all. It's about God, God's decision to love us without condition or reservation. And I remember there was this moment where I understood for the first time that this is how God felt about me that all these things aren't just true in the abstract, they're true for me. And it was the most glorious, liberating moment I have ever experienced in my entire life. I grew up in a home where, where love needed to be earned, but where I was never quite good enough to actually earn it. And this gave me a, a constant feeling of inadequacy an ever-present belief that, that I wasn't quite good enough, and so I never felt good about or loved myself. When I read these words, it felt like the greatest burden had been lifted. A heavenly parent who loved me just as I was and always would was the greatest news I had ever heard. And it made my soul feel free and confident and loved, and and I've carried that with me ever since. I remember there was this one time where things were especially hard at home. Somehow my pastor knew, and I don't know how, and he just casually told me that I was always welcome to come and hang out at the church building whenever I wanted. He even gave me a key. I hung out there every day, all day for weeks. I I didn't have anything to do, though sometimes I would bring books with me so, you know, I could make it look like I was very busy and had to do work. I know my pastor had stuff to do, but he just dropped all of it and spent time with me. He ate meals with me, talked with me, and got to know me. He genuinely cared about me. And when we talked, it was like it was like I had all of his attention. He just loved me. It was amazing. I knew that he had devoted his life to following Jesus, and I felt like I could see Jesus through him. Like he was the very presence of Jesus in my life, the hands and feet of Jesus, the love of Jesus in my life. 
And I remember thinking how obvious it was that God is real. In my 20s, I traveled to Panama a bunch of times to work with a Jesuit mission that served native people who lived up in the mountains in this remote region. No electricity, not much running water, not much decent soil. We went to to listen and build relationships and to lend a hand. Our church had, had helped us send kids to school and we had bought solar panels so they could do their homework and done a a bunch of other projects that made a difference. And there was this one night, we were staying in a building that we jokingly called the Hilton, but was really just a hotel for the kinds of bugs you see in horror movies. And we had just finished a long day of walking around and meeting people and working on projects. And it was late and I was sitting outside and and the stars were incredible. And I felt this overwhelming sense of fulfilled purpose and peace. Like maybe, maybe this was the closest I had ever come to following in the footsteps of Jesus, living like Jesus, serving like Jesus, being the hands and feet of Jesus. It gave me this sense of meaning and purpose that has defined my life ever since. And it is reaffirmed, I feel an echo of it, every time I follow Jesus by serving someone. I feel alive in a new way, a way that's, that's deeper and richer and truer. And the reason I'm telling you all these stories, the reason why it kind of feels like story time with Pastor Josh, is because two of the readings we heard this morning talk about disciples being God's witnesses. And so I thought that maybe the best thing I could do this morning is to tell you about what I have witnessed as a follower of Jesus in the hope that it will encourage you to think about what you have witnessed and then to share it. See, unlike the disciples in today's readings, We didn't get to witness a crippled man just stand up and walk like Peter did in the book of Acts. We didn't get to watch the crucifixion or see the empty tomb. None of us have seen the resurrected Jesus just walking around inviting people to touch his wounds, eating fish to prove that he's real and not a ghost. But we have witnessed the reality of God in our lives. We have seen and experienced God's love and grace and transforming power for ourselves. And after Jesus left the earth, he gave his followers the job of sharing what we've witnessed so that the world can know him. And I know that the word witness makes some people uncomfortable. Us Lutherans often struggle with sharing our faith for lots of reasons. A long time ago, St. Francis said, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. And I get what he was trying to say. Let your actions testify to your faith. But words are still needed. 
If we don't use words, then, then people don't know anything about our motivation, what drives and defines us, why we do what we do. And so our good actions are likely to just make other people think that we're nice. And that's okay. But our actions aren't meant to point to us. They're meant to point to God. And for that, we need words. These past few weeks, I've been reminded just how powerful a witness can be. Many of us have been following the trial of Derek Chauvin, the ex-police officer who murdered George Floyd last year. The stories told by witnesses have been so painful and powerful. They've painted a picture that is undeniable just by sharing what they saw and heard. It's so easy to argue with ideas or concepts, but, but hearing a story, a first-hand concrete story of someone's experience is different. And nobody listening or watching in good faith can deny the brutality that took George Floyd's life. The sort of brutality that, that strips away someone's dignity or humanity or value because of the color of their skin. The, the brutality that sees violence against another human as something casual and acceptable is evil. And it demands repentance and change. Witnesses are powerful. Their job is to simply share what they have seen and heard and experienced. And maybe being God's witnesses in this world can be that simple too. Maybe talking about and sharing our faith can be that easy. Just telling people what we have seen and heard and experienced. Not arguing theology or trying to convince anyone of anything, but just sharing our stories. Because as we all know, stories are moving and they have the power to transform. So this morning I wonder, what have you witnessed? What have you seen or experienced that that shows God's existence, that reveals God's love and grace, that points to the reality of Christ's resurrection? When have you seen in someone else or experienced for yourself faith and forgiveness and new life and reconciliation and purpose and hope? Maybe it's the experience of being forgiven and made right with God personally, or the time when you felt the love of God in your own life in some real and tangible way, or the moment when someone served as the very hands and feet and presence of Jesus in your life, or the time when you felt clearly that you were serving that purpose for someone else. Maybe it's the time when faith brought you peace and hope and comfort during difficulties, or the story of how following Jesus has given you a sense of purpose and meaning in life. 
It could be the freedom you found in Jesus or the way you saw the gospel bring liberation to someone else. Maybe it's just the moment when God's grace felt real and it changed you. Or when you watched God's grace transform someone else and make them new. What have you witnessed? Maybe something comes to mind quickly and easily. Or maybe it doesn't. And that's okay because today God is inviting us to spend some time thinking and remembering. Because all of us, whether we've taken the time to realize it or not, all of us have witnessed Christ's grace and love and transforming power. We all have stories to share. And the first step to being a good witness is knowing what we'll say when the opportunity arises. Teresa of Avila once said, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. And this is true, but today we might also add this, that Christ has no voice now but yours. You are witnesses to these things. So share them. Amen.